0: Welcome Jubilee Readers to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, this is Michelle March, standing in front of the twisted remains of a lamppost. Here to provide analysis for that line and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie?
1: You know, uh, things are doing, things are going better, James B. Uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, reviewing or talking about web here, uh, a lamppost. I'm not sure if I know when this twisted lamppost happens. When does it happen?
0: It happens when the, in book, uh, Web of Spider-Man 13, when yeah. Spider-Man tries to kill the uh, guy crossing the street. By oh, to that's the, right. The truck. Yes. Apparently you will not be providing analysis for that line at this time. <laughs> Sorry, James B. <laughs> it was bound to happen. We had a good run. Well, Listeners, we're going to talk about three books from Web of Spider-Man. They're going to be books 11, 12, and 13. And without further ado, from February, March, and April of 1986, Stanley presents Web of Spider-Man 11, 12, and 13. Have you seen That Vigilante Man? Law and Order and Point of View. Written by Danny Fingeroth, Bill Mantlo, and Peter David. Art by Bob McLeod, Sal Buscema, and inked by Kyle Baker.
1: James B., let me give the listeners a brief summary of these books. You can help me out, too. In Web 11, Peter Parker saves a laundromat owner's daughter from a trio of street-level hoodlums uh, as they try to rob and assault her. Inspired by Peter, a neighborhood watch forms called The Peter Parker
0: Patrol. Yeah, knowing who he is, the hoodlums take revenge a few times against Peter. Peter goes to Flash Thompson for advice about bullies and then confronts the trio as Spider-Man.
1: The street punks don't back down. And they set fire to Peter's apartment. Web of Spider-Man 12 starts with MJ and Peter salvaging things from his burned apartment. Although the trio of culprits are arrested, Hector, the older brother of one of the hoodlums, springs them with bail and promises to kill Peter.
0: Yeah, in a deadly mix-up, MJ is almost killed, but Spider-Man saves her. Hector is arrested, and Peter takes Flash's advice and doesn't press charges against anyone else.
1: In Web of Spider-Man 13, J. Jonah Jameson spins a story to look like Spider-Man tried to throw someone in front of a truck.
0: Yeah, crazed by the bad press, Spider-Man corners J. Jonah Jameson in his office and threatens him.
1: Shrewd as always, J. Jonah convinces Spider-Man hurting him would validate his point of view.
0: Hmm. Spidey departs and Joe Robbie reveals to J. Jonah Jameson that the victim in the trucking accident was a con man and the bugle is forced to print a retraction. What I like too is that I like that Flash Thompson and Mary Jane are actually playing parts in these books. I think their opinions actually add to the story. They help elevate these books from good to great.
1: Yeah, this part where Flash is talking to Peter about their past when he was a bully and Peter was what he thought was the victim. It's pretty interesting. Can we talk about it?
0: Yeah, that's actually pretty amazing. I think we should call that up in front of us so we don't misquote it too. Yeah, so on page 18 of Web of Spider-Man 11, there's a conversation. This is what we're talking about. He says, working on not getting muscle bound. You got it.
1: Even ex-high school jocks have to stay in shape. Something on your mind, Pete. You don't usually just drop over.
0: Yeah, actually there is. I need some advice. For me,
1: now there's a switch.
0: Yeah, I've got some guys I'm not sure how to deal with, Flash. I wanted your input because they're bullies like used to be, only worse.
1: Me? I was never a bully.
0: Uh, you're kidding, right?
1: No, I mean it. When was I ever a bully?
0: Uh, what about high school?
1: You want some Gatorade? Great, Great for you. <sighs> what about it? Bullies are creeps who pick on defenseless nerds to make themselves feel big. I never did that. All I did was razz you every so often. And frankly, Pete, you brought that on yourself.
0: Yeah, you can't be serious, Flash. How could you say I asked for the treatment you guys gave me? All I ever wanted to be
1: was liked. Could have fooled me. You never went to parties. You never went to the movies or to dances. Even though we invited you.
0: Yeah, but Flash, I had responsibilities to my aunt, to...
1: We all had responsibilities, Pete. But we made time for each other you made it clear that you always had something more important to do than be with us how do you think we felt heck poor liz allen practically threw herself at you and you cold shouldered her embarrassed her terribly (laughs) i naturally i never missed a chance to try and take you down a peg face it pete you were stuck up you still are in some extent James B., this is just ridiculous conversation uh, gaslighting uh, the very definition of it is going on here flash is trying to confuse peter right I, but i don't understand why there's no way that this could have played out the way he's saying it
0: i'm not so sure i think they did a really good job with this it's not it's not as unbelievable as you're making it sound i think you're i think you're
1: it's just crazy to think that his perspective was that this is Peter's fault that he got picked on like this. Like, I mean, we know what it was like to be Peter Parker in 63 Spider-Man. He was absolutely friendless and they were cruel to him.
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't buy but, it at
1: all. <laughs> it's terrible.
0: I don't know. It, they, he does bring up some decent points about you never went to parties, you never went to the movies and the dances, even though we asked you to go along. You know, you always had something more important to do because remember, he's always taking off to be Spider-Man. True.
1: That's true. But he was also so, an incredibly good student. I, he got picked on for okay. being a nerd <laughs> more than anything. Yeah. Bookworm. I, <laughs> Panty waste.
0: <laughs> well, the whole point is that you're not really getting to. He's saying, hey, maybe you could go to the bully and be like, hey,
1: right. you know, let's, let's be friends. this this trio of hoodlums wants to befriend him.
0: <laughs> well, that's kind of what the whole conversation here. Like, uh, is your problem with this conversation that they're having it or the, what how Flash thinks about it?
1: My problem, my biggest problem is the perception that Flash has about the past between him and Peter. That he. OK,
0: so why is the writer? Why is the writer putting this in here? Well, why is this he's stand- putting it, stand- it stand- in. A,
1: a, it's for a plot device here to like put Peter in a more awkward situation when he's dealing with these three hoodlums who are harassing him. That's what I think. So you don't want this in the book? Yeah, well, if they're going to put this in, it needs to be in a way that doesn't include this past, which I think is faulty or, you know, a faulty narrative. It makes it more interesting. You got That's for sure.
0: I read this and I thought to myself, next time someone's giving me a hard time, maybe I'll approach something differently. I'm not even joking. Wow. I was thinking like, this is a different perspective I never really considered rather than just like fight, fight, fight. And this guy's wrong and I'm right. Like maybe what do I need to do to kind of make this better? Like, why is, why are we having this conflict? Right? Right. But I thought this was really clever writing in this book. I think this was, this was the best part of this book, right?
1: This was the best part of this book. Yes, absolutely. The most interesting for sure
0: yeah, I mean, the fact that these guys keep coming back back at Peter because he he tells the press, whoever he tells. He tells somebody his name is Peter Parker, right? They ask yes. who you are, and he's yeah. like, I'm Peter Parker. Well, they re- yeah, they then,
1: recognize him because it's like his building, the laundromat's in his building or something like that. Uh, he gives
0: him the name. He says, what's your name, son? He goes, Peter, Peter Parker. He oh, tells them on page okay. seven his name. He's like, anything we can do for you, young man? He's like, yeah, report the mugging, but leave my part out of it. Ah, yes. He's like, the last thing Peter Parker needs is publicity. And then they're like, we're going to have the Peter Parker patrol. And that's everywhere. And then they, they attack his building a couple times. Yes. And they attack it with, like, smoke bombs, and and they put, uh, you know, they, they're, they're messing around with all his appliances and doing different things. They don't actually, I don't know if they actually set it on fire. Because right? that's why the place doesn't burn down. The, the fire department doesn't come, do they?
1: Uh, they do come at the end. We see them all running into the building on the last panel. It's clear that things are destroyed and burned, and there's Flooding and stuff like that, so it's pretty yeah,
0: bad. He says most of the damage was smoke related. This gimmick was not really designed to generate flames. These are rank amateurs, so <laughs> most of that's why I said the damage is mostly just smoke. True. So anyway, we get these two books, and the moral of the story at the end is that Peter doesn't press charges against these people. Crazy,
1: so crazy. To yeah, me. but
0: isn't isn't that? But it kind of doesn't it kind of stop the madness. Isn't that the whole point? Like, right. Listen. Like, you know, now well, they do all these theoretically things. To I him. mean,
1: this is not like the time that he let the Kingpin go because he was in a catatonic state. And I was like, yo, <laughs> that's the Kingpin. Yeah, but they're
0: all, remember, he lets them go too because the guys know that the brother, Hector, who we mentioned right. in the little summary, yeah, yeah. Hector's like out to like, you know, kill someone. Yes. And these guys are like, hey, we're not trying to kill people. Like we're not, right. that's not what we're all about. So because they sort of do him a solid He's like, yeah, never mind. I'm dropping the charges. Let's just let bygones be bygones. And then it wraps up nicely. I I thought this was a good little two-part story.
1: Yeah. You know? They play up the fact that these... These guys, the hoodlums, they're really just kids in the neighborhood. I mean, there's a scene in a barbershop where the barber's like, I wish those kids wouldn't be around my neighborhood. But, like, he, you know, hoodlums. That's why Peter David uses the word hoodlums instead of, like, thugs or mobsters. They
0: show two of the three kids' families. And they're not happy. With, like the parents are like mad at these kids. Yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> they're like the, the one gets beat by the dad because and and, he has some money, and the dad realizes immediately. He's like, "You dropped out of school. There's no way you could have made this money it, it legitimately." And then yeah, they're all good. Yeah, and then the the kid's walking with his buddies. Like, yeah, and I told my dad, "Stick it to him." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, he was getting he's yeah, like, he like "Sorry, Dad." Right, but but this story was a nice it was a spider-man's building you know uh Peter Parker's apartment gets burned MJ gets in danger in it and yes you could have swapped the whole story out for a different hero but I felt this was a Peter Parker story I remember Peter Parker's fire for sure it's gonna cause MJ to paint it it wasn't like Peter Parker went to a strange town met some people <laughs> and then solved the crime right. and then you know the local laundromat people were like thank you sir like it was you know it was it was relevant the Peter Parker Patrol I'm always it's going to be very memorable. But <laughs> this was not as good to me as the uh, the final story. Uh, I thought the final story was, was excellent.
1: Brilliant. I absolutely love the end of the final story. Uh, Jay Jonah, as I said earlier, he's been trying to make Spider-Man look bad by saying that he threw this guy in front of a truck. And Spider-Man really loses it and like crashes through Jonah's window and picks him up by the collar. And Jonah says this later on. He's like, I've never seen him like that. I've never seen him so angry and unhinged.
0: And Joe Robbie says to Jay Jonah. Yeah. Why can you blame him? You're always calling him a menace. You're writing all these nasty things about him. Like, you know, it's bound to happen.
1: Yeah. He says that, he says that back to him. And then two really significant things happen here. When Spider-Man's got Jay Jonah in his clutches, really. He's got him pinned against the wall. Spider-Man says, don't give me that. You're the one who made them believe I was a menace. And then Jay Jonas like, oh, really, Spider-Man? Look at you yourself. You're so blasted smug. And he goes on to say, like, you're the one that's making yourself into a menace, particularly threatening people in the way that you're threatening me. And then there's this great scene where there's no words and they look at each other. And Jay Jonah's like, and frankly, masked man, I didn't think I was that good of a writer. And just Spider-Man realizes he was defeated here because he can't hurt Jay Jonah. That would vindicate him being this terrible person. Do oh.
0: you think Spider-Man is more likely to be a menace, or do you think that Flash Thompson is less likely to have been a bully?
1: Uh, it's got to be Spider-Man is more likely to be a menace, right? There's no way Don't Flash tell me it's a sure wasn't opinion. a bully. Menace. It's your I declare. What about you, James B?
0: <laughs> I think I'll go the opposite again. I think it's more likely that. Uh... Um that Flash Thompson is not as much of a bully as we think he was.
1: Ah, okay. All right. Uh,
0: you know, you're you're re- you're watching a Peter Parker's perspective story, and of course Flash Thompson's the bad guy in all the stories. So you don't see true him go home and tell his mom, I wish this Peter Parker this- would hang out with me
1: more. Right, so right. I just
0: so good <laughs> good web of Spider Man <laughs>
1: stories here. Excellent. This last one's so good. We we should even talk about what Joe Robbie and Jay Jonah exchange afterwards, too, right? <laughs> Jay Jonas says uh, when he learns that the guy was a con man he realizes I got to print a retraction and then he tells Joe Robbie print the retraction and he goes what if I hadn't said to print the retraction Joe Robbie's like I would have quit and Jay Jonas like I knew you'd say that (laughs) and that just kind of shows the relationship oh great writing at the end of this book
0: well speaking of the Daily Bugle it's time for our sponsor today okay Listeners the Daily Bugle presents Live with Eddie. Each week, the Daily Bugle lets Eddie interview someone. You forgot about this part, didn't you? At the scene of these stories. I'm never
1: ready for it, James B.,
0: but yes. <laughs> Today, Eddie, uh, please welcome witness to the car accident involving the truck and Spider-Man and the bystander, uh, Steve Deckman. Steve was on the scenes, Eddie, and uh, okay. he would like to uh, share his his what he learned that day and... Uh, um, I'll patch in Steve uh, right now, Eddie, so you should be all set.
1: Hi, Steve. Are you with us? Uh, Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Steve, you were at the scene. What did it look like? Was Spider-Man putting something, someone in danger, or was he trying yes, to save Yes, the
0: Daily Bugle someone? is correct. He attacked what? that innocent man.
1: Really? You thought he threw him in front of the truck? Uh, Spider-Man did try to hit him with that truck. Did, did you? Absolutely. Did you know that it's emerged that this man has been a wanted con man for quite some time
0: um i don't know that but i know you can't trust spider-man he's probably a mutant
1: (laughs) i'm pretty sure he's not a mutant steve uh but i i think do you wear any kind of glasses steve did you have your glasses? i saw
0: him do this he's he's easy to see he dresses in black who's a good guy who dresses in black nobody he's as bad as the newspapers say
1: Steve, you have very strong opinions. You Do you read the newspaper every day, the Daily Bugle?
0: Don't lecture me, you freak lover. I saw the whole thing. Spider-Man chased him. They called him names. That's what happened.
1: All right, Steve. Well, thank you for letting us know what happened at the scene.
0: Go us some toast. <laughs> thank you, Eddie. Uh, this is all the time we have today. Thank you, Steve. Remember to check out the Daily Bugle for even more news and first-hand accounts like this one.
1: Eddie, how can people reach us? You can email us at let's let'sreadspiderman at gmail.com or click on the link in this podcast description to join our Discord channel and connect with us through social media.
0: And I'm James B, joined by... Eddie! And now it's time for Eddie's Most Interesting
1: Realization. Peter is forced to change into Spider-Man in a bush because the Peter Parker patrols prevent him from slipping out of his skylight. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Web of Spider-Man with a comeback.
1: Great, great books. We were yeah, we, we were, were a little bit lost in the woods the last four or five, but nicely written. Yeah,
0: I told you they make a comeback. I didn't know it was coming right here. And these books probably aren't going to get notoriety. I don't think you're going to see them on any other podcast. Like I mentioned, these amazing stories, but uh, they were—they are were full of good stuff. Even if you don't agree with J. Jonah or Flash, the fact that they bring it up and that these are big plot lines they're discussing, yeah. like discussing the relationship between these characters, it's, I don't care if they're one of them's crazy, one of them's accurate. Like it's
1: just good stuff. I mean, it just adds another layer to their character. It's super interesting to have that happen
0: and let's talk about the rats in the fridge
1: (laughs) it's one of the pranks that the hoodlums play on peter they put at least five rats in his fridge
0: (laughs) right live rats yes they break into his house open up the fridge and throw rats inside of it i i got a lot of problems with this prank
1: it's a tough one to pull off. I'm impressed. It, sh- it certainly shows the uh, creativity of the hoodlums, too. They're not just your average hoodlums.